Hey, welcome to this edition of the Politically Incorrect Podcast. I'm Jim Williams from News Talk Florida, Washington Bureau, your host, along with Alan Steinberg, who is in New York, and Joe Henderson, who's in Tampa. And gentlemen, there is not a lack of things to talk about. Uh, <laughs> there is a lot to talk about. And uh, let's begin with what is in essence a civil war between Donald Trump and uh, the Republican Party. Alan, take it away, man. (laughs) (laughs) Gee, thanks. (laughs) It is a civil war, and I think that Ryan, uh, whom I like, is fighting it in a very shoddy way. If you're not willing to advocate for uh, for uh, Donald Trump, and that's how I feel. In fact, I've endorsed Hillary Clinton. He should withdraw his endorsement. Yeah, you know, you can't play both sides of the street like this. I think that uh, in the elections coming up, I think the presidential race is basically over. I really do. The question is how many electoral votes will Hillary Clinton come up with? Actually, I don't even see a path to Trump to victory at this point because it appears to me that Colorado, Wisconsin, Michigan, and New Hampshire are locked up, and that gives Hillary 272 electoral votes for sure. Uh, But at the same time, how her margin may affect the Senate and House races, I think the Republicans are going to lose a lot of House races. And in terms of the Senate, I think they may just barely survive. Uh, There's three out of five races. I'll talk about that later. But Donald Trump right now, he sounds like Trump in the bunker. He's going on this reckless Twitter war. He he really has, has lost it. And when I hear him at these rallies, he reminds me of Il Duce Mussolini in the 1920s. It's a frightening thing to behold. Joe? Well, uh, Alan, obviously, I concur. Uh, the As to your point that the presidential race is over, I was just looking at uh, Nate Silver's 538.com blog, which, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I think he's he's terrific. He uh, currently – and this was this was updated – 45 minutes ago from the time we're talking, it shows Hillary Clinton with an 87% chance of winning. And uh, with the states that you mentioned, uh, he breaks it down by state. You mentioned Michigan. He's got a 92% chance there. He has a, uh, here in Florida, which is supposed to be a battleground state, um, it's a 75% chance. Ohio is 68%. But here's the one that'll that'll just curl your toes if you're a if you're a Trump supporter and it'll make you rail about the liberal media. He gives right now Nate Silver has Arizona in Clinton's column. Uh narrowly but still there and Arizona should never be in play. So Trump has done I I'll say this, he's doing a good job of uniting a lot of people that we didn't think could be united. And um, it, it is it is mind-boggling how he has gotten this far. And the true believers are going to be with him uh, on November 9th, the day after uh, this is all over and his campaign's in smoking ruins. But um, I, I kind of fear more what happens after that because I I don't think they're going to go quietly. I really don't. Uh, anybody that thinks they'll go, they'll unite behind Hillary and all that uh, is dreaming. 
it'll 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 be unlike anything I think we have ever seen. And and I kind of fear for the country at this point. I agree, Joe, with you 100%. That's why I enjoy doing the show with you. Like you, I'm an avid follower of Nate Silver. And I'm also an avid, uh, avid follower of Larry Sabbath. So I agree with everything you said, which is why I feel that it's incumbent upon Hillary Clinton, whom I like, but I'm not a great fan of. I would have endorsed any her against, I would have endorsed any Republican against her, except for Chris Christie or Donald Trump. But having said all that, I think she has to win by a landslide because I know what Trump, uh, guided by Steve Bannon, will do. If she wins by less than five points, they're going to say the election was rigged and these hardcore Kool-Aid drinkers of Trump, which can, which basically const, constitute about uh, 20% of the 40% vote he'll get, uh, they'll go along with him. And I think you'll see real violence in this country. It won't be urban violence. It'll be violence among, uh, you know, white working class voters. I think you're going to see bad, bad circumstances arise. I'm with you all the way. Well, you're listening to the Politically Incorrect podcast uh, here on News Talk Florida with the gentleman who just spoke, Alan Steinberg, and the gentleman I cut off, Joe Henderson. (laughs) The the question I was about to ask was, Alan, it was something that Joe and I talked about in the pre-show, and that was you as, you know, a card-carrying lifelong Republican. I was looking at, you know, a three-party split in the Republican Party being the conservatives of the Paul Ryan wing of the party, if you will, Mitch McConnell, etc. The more conservative portion of the party, which would be, I guess, the Ted Cruz and uh, Marco Rubio group, which would be more of the Tea Party. And now what is being called the Breitbart section of the uh, of the Republican Party. Uh, how do you see the three of them coexisting, or do you see the three of them coexisting? No, I don't, and you've labeled things quite accurately. Another name for the Breitbart sector, and I think it's appropriate for you to give that nomenclature, is the alt-right. Uh, I can see the uh, center-right uh, uniting with what I call the National Review conservatives. I, I love the National Review, and uh, I supported Ted Cruz in the primary. And I didn't have a problem with the Tea Party. I didn't agree with them and everything, but they were basically economic conservatives. They weren't appealing to this nativism, uh, this uh, white nationalism, which is really white superiority. They weren't into that at all. So I was able to work with Tea Party, and I was uh, very happy endorsing Ted Cruz. But the alt-right is rejectionist unless they take over. And I think what's going to be interesting is I think Hillary Clinton, I know this from my own experience with her. I work with her very closely. She does have uh, more of a centrist inclination than people think. I think the Republican leadership will be able to work with her. But I think the alt-right is going to go to absolute war with the rest of the party. And it's going to be an ugly scene. And I don't know if the Republican Party, I'm not exaggerating it. I don't know if they're going to survive it. Joe, you want to chime in? or? Well, un- unfortunately, uh, Alan, I think you're right. <laughs> it's there, there, is, there is no way, given everything we've seen, that Trump will be gentlemanly about uh, what is starting to look like a landslide against him. And 
So he's going to lash out. He's going to blame the media. He's going to blame Paul Ryan. He's going to blame uh, probably you, Alan. I think he's going to come after you. And, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Seriously. You know, and we don't know what some of those more overzealous followers will do uh, in that. Now, the, you know, we've, we've speculated that, that Trump uh, will, will join forces with Roger Ailes and, 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 you know, just bark out his uh, peculiar brand of nonsense. Yeah. Bannon, all those guys. Um, Bannon's the key. And and form the Trump TV network. I would imagine that's already in the works, but, Trump will not go away. Uh, he, he won't have as big a microphone going forward uh, because you won't have uh, breathless news people following him around every day going, what do you think, what do you think? And nobody's really going to care what he tweets at that point. But when, if and when he does launch the Trump network, um, he's going to have a pretty big uh, soapbox to stand on. And if we thought that, that Fox News was one-sided – uh, in in their hatred of Hillary Clinton, we ain't seen nothing yet. So my question though is this: you you got you know him, Alan. Um, on election night, it is traditional for the losing candidate to phone uh, the winner and offer congratulations, a concession, and and wish them well. Do you see any way on God's green earth that Donald Trump does that? If the margin is more than five percent. He will almost have to. But if it's less, you're going to see him go out and give the ugliest speech about how the election was stolen uh, that you've ever seen. I agree with you that a media company will be formed. And I think it's also uh, that formation of that company is going to, in large part, supplant Fox. I have uh, questions about the future of Fox. Rupert Murdoch isn't going to live forever. And uh, his son has a very different orientation politically than he does. For example, Rupert Murdoch. Uh, to his credit, is a very strong supporter of Israel. His son is not. And I think a number of the uh, journalists over at uh, Fox have become absolute Trump Kool-Aid drinkers. I speak specifically of Sean Hannity. And so he'll be part of the the new network. And the new network will be the basis of their movement. However, I think Trump himself, don't forget, he's 70 years old. He can't go at this pace forever. I don't know what his health is like. I, I don't know. I'm not uh, suggesting something, but I notice how all the sniffles he had at the debate. I've never seen anything like that before. But I have a suspicion that uh, a man that age, uh, look, I'm 66, and, uh, you know, I've had to ration my activity somewhat, and I'm in pretty good health. Uh, but I think that you'll see him uh, recede into the background as a symbol. He'll sort of be the El Cid, but the guy running the show is going to be Steve Bannon. Look out for him. He, I consider him a very dangerous individual. Hey, Alan and Joe, um, here on the Politically Incorrect podcast, um, as as we now are scaring people away from the United States in droves, um, hang in there. Uh, just Joe and for, I are staying here. Yeah, good, good to hear. Good to hear. Um, you know, I'm wondering. I agree about the about the TV network. I think that's a that's a no brainer. But is it possible? given the angst in the Republican Party or the angst against the Republican Party by the Breitbart wing, alt-right, whatever you want to call it, 
wing of the party. Is it possible that um, the new Trump scenario and this this group of people that now follow him and follow him very you know fervently? This is not this. These people are to the bitter end and beyond. Is it possible that that Trump's situation could end up being a combination of a a government, um, you know, a, a TV network plus a new third party that is somewhat uh, nationalistic, like Le Pen's, you know, family situation in in France, or any of the you know situations in either Italy or or Germany, where you have a, a nationalist party that you know has uh, has really taken root uh, in those countries in Europe and. And really, there has been a void here in the United States for something like that. And maybe we will have our first legitimate third party that is more nationalistic, that Trump would then be, um, for all intents and purposes, the godfather of and, and perhaps launch something for his son, Don Jr., who, who many think is the star of the show here. Yes, I agree with you. I think you're right on the money. We could have a third party uh, from the Breitbart alt-right wing. The problem with that party is uh, that it never could win any election, even at the local level. However, the reason I think it's a real possibility is that Donald Trump, win or lose, I mean, he won't be able to take losing, okay? He's going to really explode. But he, he seems to feed off the energy of his crowds. His crowds are fanatical. I have to tell you that, uh, and Joe, I, may, I, I suspect you've had a similar reaction. If you look at the things that his supporters say on social media, it's just crazy. These people live in denial. If they see, they used to love the polls in the primary, say, oh, look at what this poll, all the uh, leading polls they love. Now that these polls are showing that the Trump campaign is in the dump, they're all saying, oh, these polls are rigged, they're slanted, and all the rest. Uh, About the latest uh, sexual predator revelations about him, they're in denial on that, too. I mean, it's so crazy. We have a race where we may end up with a finding that uh, as to whether Bill Clinton or Donald Trump was a greater sexual predator and the finding, quite frankly, that Hillary Clinton uh, was uh, defending, uh, she wasn't happy about the fact her husband was a sexual predator, but for political reasons, uh, she was basically trying to cover it up. (laughs) But the argument will be the cover-up of a sexual predator isn't as bad as the predator (laughs) himself. I really mean that, and I think that uh, that's what the election is in a large part, uh, going how it's going to be influenced. Uh, but I think that uh, – I'm sorry? Go ahead. Joe, yeah. Joe, did you say something about no, what no. I said? Yeah, I was going to, no, but, but the, finish your thought. But I, 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 I really feel that way, and I, I think that, uh, that you could have this third party, and it's going to be an ugly, ugly scene. I mean, these people – who are the hardcore Trumpsters are, are real Kool-Aid drinkers who live in an alternate universe. Well, um, yeah, and and when when there was a, a field of sixteen Republicans um, and the the true believers united behind Trump, it's it's kind of easy to see how he managed to to uh, win the nomination because he just he kept piling up wins and over a diluted field. But uh you talk about the polls and, and this is this is this is stunning. 
Uh, again, I'm looking at 538. On July 30th, they had the race Trump at 50.1%, Clinton at 49.9%. Trump at that point was winning. Okay? Now, I he, remember. Had he had erased what was about a 50-point a Clinton lead and had taken the lead. And so then the polls were wonderful. They were great. They were fabulous. Okay. Clinton had her post-convention bounce. Then the polls were terrible, right? Then as late as September 27th, so what, two weeks ago? Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, he had closed uh, to within striking distance. He was within single digits of her. Now, all of a sudden, let's look at the polls. The polls show I'm doing this. polls show I'm doing that. Well, now she's blowing him out again, and the polls are rigged. So everything about Trump is kind of stream of consciousness, if you will. And it's, a, it's an odd way that it's connected with people because, to me, it just says the true believers behind him have given up believing in anything else. And they've been told by, by Fox News for 20 years that Hillary Clinton is the worst thing that, that ever walked the face of the earth. They, I'm, my, I am convinced that a large percentage of the people who say they hate Hillary Clinton don't know why they hate her, but they've just been told 24-7 on fair and balanced over there that she is awful. So there you have it. Yes, she's flawed, but good grief. The treatment she's gotten has been, I mean, Trump's gotten kid gloves compared to what she got. And so now, you know, they're going to lash out and say, uh, well, it's the media's fault that, that our man lost. And uh, so that slows more distrust and, and away we go. The cycle continues. Um, one other point real quickly I wanted to make though, was that Trump plays the card against Bill Clinton, right? Plays that card yep. and brings up allegations from, from uh, 20 plus years ago, uh, brings his accusers face to face with him in the debate. That's fair game. Then when, when we see the allegations against Trump that are unfolding in front of us on the front pages and on, the, on leading the news, oh, that's the media playing dirty pool. It's like you can't have it both ways, guys. You know, you, you want to play that card. If you're Donald Trump, you must have known that those landmines were out there for you, and you should have kept your trap shut, but especially since Bill Clinton's not on the ballot. That's the craziest thing of all. All right. Well, responsive to what you were responsive to what you just said, Joe, and enhancing it. Uh, I want before I became head of Region Two EPA, I knew I was going to have to work with Hillary Clinton. I thought, oh boy, I'm going to have a war. I'm going to be doing an article for News Talk Florida on this. I had a very good experience working with her, and I found that she had far more of a centrist inclination than anyone thought, and she hired terrific staff. Now. At the end of her service, I said, I'm never going to endorse her for president because, you know, our uh, political, uh, you know, philosophy is different. But I really developed a, a liking for her. And then when a candidate became Donald Trump, I ended up endorsing her. But you're right. I mean, the, the people who are endorsing, who are the true believers regarding Trump, live in a state of denial about the polls, about the sexual predator activity, about everything. 
but well, I'm wondering one thing. Uh, you have this tape, uh, Mark Burnett has it, the uh, producer of The Apprentice, where Trump used the N-word. Now, he's bound by contract. He can't release it. But I got a feeling somehow it's going to get out. I just have a gut feeling. I mean, really, one way for it to be getting out is he has a $5 million penalty to pay if he releases it. If I was a Democrat, I'd give him the $5 million <laughs> and get the tape. I'm serious about that. And if that tape gets out where he's using the N-word, the most bigoted word you can find, I wonder how his uh, supporters are going to deny that. Well, I'll tell you what, guys. Uh, let's step aside here. This is a good opportunity to take a break on the Politically Incorrect podcast with Alan Steinberg and Joe Henderson. And when we come back, we'll talk a bit about how the media is uh, being sucked into this and um, how – uh, the WikiLeaks uh, emails are coming out, and there's still plenty more to talk about. So stay with us. We're going to step aside, pay some bills on the Politically Incorrect podcast. You are listening to it right here on NewstalkFlorida.com and Blog Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Politically Incorrect podcast. I'm Jim Williams along with Alan Steinberg, Joe Henderson. We are here talking today about all kinds of interesting things. Uh, when last we spoke, it had to do with um, the media. And guys, uh, the media, as is always the case, and in some cases it's warranted, in some cases it's not, is now under siege. Uh, we are being... Uh, we are being blamed by both parties for a number of different things. And um, is some of it fair? Is any of it fair uh, with the reporting? Are we doing a good enough job reporting? There's a lot of stuff out there that's, you know, flying through the cracks. Well, it all depends on what the vantage point of the reporter is. But I want to comment on one aspect of this, the WikiLeaks controversy. Uh, Fox News is doing something that I consider outrageous. I read the conversations between Jennifer Palmieri and John Podesta, both of whom were Catholic. And there is no way you can construe that conversation as being anti-Catholic bigotry. What they were talking about, they were very critical of the leadership of the Catholic Church. But they were, but they were not, per se, criticizing Christ, uh, Catholic doctrine. They were saying that the leadership of the Church should reinterpret the doctrine because that's what most Americans want. American Catholics one. You know, you can agree or disagree with that. I am not, I have enough uh, issues dealing with my own religion, so I'm not going to comment on what Catholics uh, should or should not do. But Fox News is going hog wild saying, oh, this is bigotry. Well, it's not. It's ludicrous to claim it's uh, bigotry. But Fox News right now is acting as an adjunct of the, uh, of the Trump campaign. And uh, even, even, you know, I watched Megyn Kelly last night. Uh, she's the, most fair of all the uh, journalists that are on there. But, uh, you know, I think she's walking a fine line. Where Sean Hannity, he should be paid a salary by the campaign for everything he's doing. You know, going back to Spiro Agnew and, and maybe even before then, people, politicians blame the media. It's what they do. And, you know, when you write a good story about a candidate, that side will love you, and the other side will hate you. Actually, uh, that side, the, the one side, the side, won't, well, you're finally giving their due. 
negative, well, then you're out, you're, you're biased, and you're out to uh, – with some dark agenda to try to bring our guys down. You asked about the reporting in, in this campaign cycle. There's been some excellent reporting. There really has been. And I think the, the Washington Post has, has stood tall for the most part. I think the, 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 ones, the, the usual suspects, as we say, you know, the major outlets, the New York Times, um, people like that. I think Politico's done some good stuff. Um, there's, there's been a there, – there can't be anybody going to the polls right now who doesn't have the knowledge they need to cast their vote. And that's what the media is supposed to do. But there has been some really crappy reporting as well uh, in the guise of, quote, mainstream media. And a lot of that is, is you know, we, we tend to blame Fox News. But, you know, I watch uh, a lot of MSNBC, too. I switch around. A lot of what MSNBC does makes my toenails curl, curl because especially Chris Matthews. I just I, I can't stomach him. And he he is. We talk about Sean Hannity. Chris Matthews is the same. So you know you got to learn to filter it and 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 go to where you can find the the hard information, and then make your decision at that point. And you you really got to be able to sift through the garbage. And there's a lot of garbage out there. Alan, I agree with you on uh, I agree with you on Chris Matthews. Uh, but I have to say this about MSNBC. I started watching them. I, I haven't changed my conservative politi- political philosophy, but I'll, I'll tell you why I started watching them. Some of their journalists, like Hallie Jackson and Katie Turr and others, really did a good job reporting the facts. They really would give you comprehensive reporting. Kristen Welker, for example, uh, Kate, uh, Kate Snow. I thought their reporting was much more comprehensive. CNN had good comprehensive reporting. Uh, but I agree with you on uh, some of the commentators. Uh, Chris Matthews is one. Uh, Sean Hannity is another. There are, however, partisan commentators I disagree with, but at least they give uh, reasoned presentations. I, and one of them is Lawrence O'Donnell. He at least he's a bright guy. He has served in the uh, con- congressional staff. He'll give you a liberal presentation, although I've agreed with him on his uh, anti-Trump presentations. But I think he's worth watching. But I, I'll tell you, the media in this campaign, I have to laugh at one thing. Uh, the, uh, Trump was threatening the New York Times with a, uh, a libel suit. Well, this is going to be a joke. The Times, I've worked with the Times. They are so careful. They have the finest uh, defamation lawyers in the world. And that letter they got this morning from the Trump campaign counsel, They laughed at it. And I'll make you one prediction that is a certainty. As soon as the campaign, if you notice that letter didn't have a single threat in there of filing a lawsuit, it said we will consider our options. I guarantee you that he will never, once the campaign is over, file a lawsuit. Because if you think Donald Trump wants to go through depositions as to what his relations were with these women, you've got to be smoking and inhaling. There's just no way. Yeah. Hey, I want to jump back in there for just a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the MSNBC point, I agree with you completely about Hallie Jackson and Katie Turr and, and, and all those, because 
they have done an outstanding job. And I, you know, frankly, I admire all of all of the uh, traveling correspondents' stamina. Uh, how they even know what city they're in is is amazing to me. But when I was criticizing MSNBC, it, it was more on the on the Chris Matthews uh, thing. I just I don't like his interview style. I don't like his advocacy. Um, you can argue that well, he's not really a reporter. He's a you know he's a commentator and a columnist or whatever. Um, fine, but um, at least come at me with a with a reasoned opinion and not just this. I'm right, and you all are idiots if you don't agree with me. Uh, point of view. I can't. That that is like fingernails on the blackboard to me. I agree with you. I agree with you. The other, you know, I, I've known Chris and his wife for a very long time. Chris is, um, Chris is not a journalist. I mean, he is clearly someone who is uh, a political insider and, um, and is someone who uh, wears his feelings on his shirt. Uh, you don't, you know, Chris would probably be the worst poker player on the planet uh, <laughs> because that's just not, you know, he, he doesn't, he, you know, he's clearly a Democrat and he's clearly going to fight the good fight for the Democrats regardless of, you know, um, he's Baghdad Bob on the Democratic side. I mean, it doesn't matter what the heck is going on. He's going to do it, although he will occasionally call out. Democrats, although that doesn't necessarily happen a lot. I will also tell you that um, Katie and and all of the different uh, embeds uh, who are on covering the campaigns from CNN, from MSNBC, from Fox, from all the different uh, situations, I can tell you that is a thankless and ridiculous job because you literally – have no idea where you are, what you're doing, and what your next, uh, where your next meal is going to come from. In oftentimes, uh, it's just an upside down, topsy turvy situation, and and it's not a fun uh, thing to do when you wake up and realize on two and a half hours sleep, and you've you have uh, you showered, you think maybe seven hours ago, uh, and you're constantly on camera and and uh, you're just hoping not to say something stupid. And uh, it's just uh, not an easy thing to do. And I think that all three of the uh, cable news networks have done a, a good job of at least doing the best they can, keeping up with two candidates that are not easy to talk about and to. Well, I want to comment on that. I want to comment on that. I think you're right on the money, but I want to take it uh, to another perspective. You're absolutely right. And this is where Hillary Clinton corrected a bad mistake she initially made. Uh, she was uh, keeping her distance from the embedded journalists and the media that were covering the campaign. But what she finally did is she invited them on the plane. And you can tell that influences the coverage. These uh, journalists are only human, whereas Trump uh, has kept his distance from them, and that has to influence them as well, particularly if they feel that they're not uh, given the full story. The candidate for president who best demonstrated how to deal with journalists who are following you, I think was John F. Kennedy in 1960. The journalists followed him around. He gave them access everywhere. It was a very close election. To this day, people dispute who won or lost. But unlike Donald Trump, for the good of the country, Richard Nixon 
conceded. Uh, that's one other point I want to make. Last night I saw an interview on Chris Hayes about uh, with John Dean. And all three of us remember John Dean very well, uh, the person who blew the whistle on Nixon on Watergate. And he's been very negative on Nixon down through the years, but he pointed out how Trump is much worse. How Nixon, when it came to Watergate, you know, he uh, had to leave. The uh, senators told him he had to leave, and he left. Whereas Donald Trump, if he was in a similar situation, would never leave. Uh, he would just uh, cut all the, his detractors to ribbons. Yeah, that uh, it is. It is interesting now that you mention it, Alan, about uh, Hillary Clinton's newfound chumminess with uh, with reporters and. That is obviously not a reason to go softball on her just because she's she's nice to you. Reporters still have a duty to get to the story, whatever it is. And I trust those people at, at that level are professional. And if there's a reason uh, to ask her tough questions, they will. But, you know, you don't have to be a jerk about it. And Trump has been a jerk. I mean, it's 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 a campaign of intimidation, of threats. Uh, how many times have we seen scenes at his rallies where he's urging the crowd to to boo the reporters or worse, and blaming them for blaming the reporters for all of his problems? So, you know. The, the way that that boils down to me is, okay, if you're going to campaign like this, is that how you're going to govern as well? And not just with the media, because the media is big boys and, and girls, and we, you know, we can all handle it. But is that how you're going to treat you know, the, the uh, Congress and, and foreign leaders and, and the people you have to deal with to get things done for the good of the country? And at the end of the day, uh, ladies and gents, uh, that's what it's all about what is good for the country. And I can't see, based off the way he's campaigned, Donald Trump having the acumen to do that. I see even worse. By the way, he wants to file libel suits and uh, and everything else. I see a president who would try to intimidate the media uh, to an extent that really would result in abridgment of First Amendment freedoms. Um, by the way, if anybody wants to see it, the New York Times has posted the letter that they sent uh, in response to uh, the threatened lawsuit by Donald Trump. So it's uh, it's on their website. If you want to go find it, there it is. I can't well, wait. <laughs> well, okay. Since we want everybody to have a chance to run and read that letter, um, <laughs> let's let's start wrapping things up here, boys. Um, you know, I'm not so sure that uh, at the rate that we've had this show going, that this may not be the last show that is ever done in the history of uh, politics. Uh, I think we'll get by this. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's been dark, but you know what? We, we can, we can survive. Um, <laughs> final thoughts, gentlemen, Alan, you're getting ready to go see your granddaughter. So we'll, uh, we'll let you go first. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, I just want to mention that there's a new story in New Jersey regarding Chris Christie. He's been received a criminal summons. Uh, a, a fellow by the name of Bill Brennan, who is like a public-spirited citizen, filed a criminal complaint against him on Bridgegate. And usually you would expect a municipal court judge to throw it out. But this municipal court judge in Bergen has summoned him for a probable cause hearing. Uh, I thought that in the end that Chris Christie would escape any uh, criminal sanction. 
I'm not sure anymore. They, someone, you know, uh, Bridget Kelly, one of the two defendants remaining in the case, uh, her attorney asked some questions that indicated uh, that she told Chris Christie about these lane closures before, while, and during uh, they were going on and afterwards. So uh, you could see a very wild scene in New Jersey involving Chris Christie. Hey, um, Alan, any predictions uh, that's going to happen uh, this week or over the weekend? In New Jersey? I can't predict. No, no, not, I'll say not, not in Jersey, on the national level. On the national level? Uh, I, this campaign is too unpredictable for uh, me to predict. But uh, the real question I have is what's going to happen with that tape that Mark Burnett has of Donald Trump using the N-word. I am not going to predict this, but something tells me that may get out. Okay. Um, Joseph? Any predictions on what's going to happen this week? Well, I'll, I'll be watching uh, down here in the Sunshine State to see um, how the needle moves on Marco Rubio, uh, who's who's trying to hold on to his uh, Senate seat against uh, the challenge of Democrat Patrick Murphy. Rubio's held a, I wouldn't call it substantial lead, but he's held a, a his leads fluctuated five, six points, something like that. But in light of the recent revelations about Trump, um, Rubio uh, condemned the remarks and yada, 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 but then said he's still better than Hillary Clinton and, uh, and he's standing with Trump for right now. Uh, Florida uh, is projected at this point to go for Hillary Clinton. So I'm going to be watching to see if, he, if Rubio gets splattered with any of the uh, down ballot damage uh, resulting from uh, the guy that he refuses to uh, unendorse. Collateral damage. Huh? All right. Collateral. Alan, Alan, your uh, social media, my friend, how to get in touch. My, okay. My social media on Twitter is at a Steinberg 613. I've had some fun posts recently, I might add. And my Facebook page is Alan, A-L-A-N, Joel, J-O-E-L, Steinberg, S-T-E-I-N-B-E-R-G, the name my wonderful late father and mother gave me. All right, outstanding. And now to you, Joseph, any uh, social media? And by the way, you wrote a nice column today. Uh, by all means, take the opportunity to promote it. Um, well, thank you. Um, it's uh, You can find it on News Talk Florida, and um, it's uh, talking about – Current events with the election, and I think uh, I think readers might, uh, you know, maybe you agree with me, maybe you don't, but that's the essence of it. Um, you can find me on Twitter at the initial J Henderson Tampa T A M P A, or you can uh, find me on Facebook at Joe Henderson Commentary Columns and such. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us on the Politically Incorrect Podcast. I'm Jim Williams. That was Joe Henderson and Alan Steinberg, who were our panel today. You can find me on NTFLA underscore politics on Twitter. That's NTFLA underscore politics. You can find us on Facebook at Florida uh, News Talk Florida Facebook page. Our Facebook page has got all of uh, Alan's uh, writings and Joe's writings, uh, Tom Jackson's writings. 
along with Tim Bright and uh, and Tom Fernandes and a number of other people who write with us and work with us on a regular basis. So by all means, check out uh, not just News Talk Florida, but also our Facebook page and uh, follow us on Twitter as well. Uh, you've been listening to the Politically Incorrect podcast. We thank Alan Steinberg. We thank Joe Henderson. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy and get out there. And if you have the opportunity to vote early, definitely vote early. And as they used to say in Chicago, vote early and vote often. Once again, thank you for listening to the Politically Incorrect podcast. I'm Jim Williams, your host.